Hello, hello. What's up? What's up? It is a new day. It is a new week and it's time to get social. My name is Kayvana and welcome to the Introverts Social Hour. Welcome. Today we are talking about the journey of a dancer and how everyone's journey does not look the same for a variety of reasons. I've brought my dance friend Martha today. I look up to her. She is someone I, she's an icon to me in the dance world. Um, so I had to bring her on, especially I feel like in regards to our journeys, um, they can kind of look a bit similar. I think in the sense of like how we're both like science girlies who also love dance. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. So super exciting for y'all to know about Martha. Martha Sheets is a public health professional, aspiring physician and dancer. Last year, she graduated with her MPH and is currently applying to medical school. Martha has been dancing since they were 12 in, a, in various styles of lyrical, jazz, musical theater, hip hop, Latin, salsa, and bachata. In college, she danced, choreographed, and directed for UCSD's Mirror Musical and continues to explore different avenues of dance and choreography in her life today. Please welcome Martha. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on, Kivana. I am genuinely so excited to be here and to talk to you. Um, and I'm really grateful that you're hosting this podcast because, you know, the world should hear more of your thoughts because they're so wonderful. I appreciate that. You're literally, I always think like every time you've been so supportive and I truly do appreciate that. Like ugh, it's never, it's never unseen. Because are an amazing dancer, you're an amazing artist, you're an amazing person, and this is your passion, and this is what you should be doing. Literally, the first time I saw you, like, do your solos, which I'm sure we'll talk about, I was just, I had, I had tears, like, actual tears. Stop. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, well, I, I'll add more to um, why I brought you, but I just always think, like, so for audience background, for the listeners out there, I first met Martha, I was a, um, a PA for a musical um, in college. We had a program called Mere Musical and I ended up being a PA. I didn't audition for it and there's a story for that. Um, and Martha was a dancer in the dance ensemble. And I remember I would like, as a PA, you know, you're doing background work, you're watching a lot of the stuff on stage. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's so good. Like, oh my gosh. Like you just made everything seem so effortless. And I was just like, wow. And she, like, not only that, but like your personality and you were like so humble and so willing to go and support your team and whatever they needed help with. I mean, you were dance captain. So that was kind of your thing, but I, you would have done it anyways. And I just like, I don't know, you just awesome I appreciate you so much like uh, you're icon really you're iconic <laughs> I think <laughs> entire hours maybe gonna just be us being like oh you're the best no you're the best, you are the best. Right. <laughs> yeah I was really thinking that I was like we can't go back and forth like this <laughs> but we probably will um I did want to like help the audience like get an idea of your journey um because that's what we're talking about today um and I also talk a bit about mine um, but I do want to know, how did you get started? I know you said you, you've been dancing since you were 12 in various styles, but how did that start? And where did your interests start for you in dance? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually um, started in other sports. My parents were very hell-bent on putting me in every sport with a ball and stick, you know, like lacrosse, basketball, baseball 
softball, you know, soccer, kind of all all of the, I guess, more traditional sports that you would think of um, as a kid. Um, And I think it was that I saw a dance team perform at my church or something. And I was like, I want to do that. And so we moved around a lot um, growing up about every two years. But finally, when we moved to New York, when I was 12, there was a dance studio really close to that, our new house. And so my mom was like, oh, why don't, do you want to try their summer dance camp? Um, and so it was the Pittsburgh Dance School, I think. And I tried their summer program. And actually the first dance I ever learned was a musical theater dance to Annie's It's a Hard Knock Life. And I feel mm-hmm. like that just it really planted the seeds, right? Because we ended up dancing together like all throughout college and musical theater, um, which I think is really, you know, where I I found like my passion in terms of, you know, dance and, you know, finding my niche and really appreciating that area. Um, But yeah, just basically like wanting, seeing it and wanting to do it and then just wanting to do it more. And dance in in general Mm -hmm. became a really nice, uh, stable part of my life um, from 12 onwards, just because, you know, we did move around a lot after that. And so it was nice to be able to say like, oh, let's find a studio in this new place and um, mm. let's meet people and dance through this. And then also same thing in college and then even going in, into grad school. Um, yeah. It's been great. So. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know. Did I know? I didn't know you had lived in New York at one point. Yeah, I, I lived in Rochester. Yeah. So. I feel like you could probably name a state and I've lived lived in it. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah, I I you know really appreciate that little studio. And I feel like that's where so many people start out, you know, in like family studios um that are, you know, very com- community oriented and it's kind of like everybody knows and people from your neighborhood. And I was really grateful mm-hmm. for that experience. So yeah. what about, what about you? Cool. I actually don't know how you started either that's that's true I don't know if we ever talked about it so for me it is it does run differently and this is why I had wanted to talk about this because I I I think about this a lot um I didn't have like that I feel like what tends to be like the traditional way that people get into dance like um and it was more of a financial thing so like my mom wasn't like putting me in classes she can't afford she couldn't afford those things which is totally okay and so I got into dance late but I knew I had always like kind of like love dance, like occasionally like I'd have like those free summer programs or those after school programs and we'd have a random like kind of like Zumba-ish class or something like that. Um, and then finally in eighth grade, this is so funny, in eighth grade, I had an after school program, but like I was way more like shy and like, you know, mm. in my own shell. And oh. so um I had that was my first like seventh grade I wasn't in the after school program eighth grade I was and I was like I don't really know anyone here I'm just do my homework and wait for my mom to pick me up um and just kind of chill but they were like well you're gonna be here for a few hours like we actually started a new hip-hop program we have a guest teacher coming in um you should take the hip-hop class and I'll never forget Mr. Ricky um he was like he's the one who convinced me to do it like because I was like I don't know like um you know like when you're young and you're, you're trying you don't want to try something new I was like, I don't know. He's like, no, you should do it. Give it a try. Give it a try. So I was like, okay. And I went and I took it. I cannot remember. I feel so bad. I think it was Mr. Rashad or something was our hip hop um, teacher. And I can't remember his, the company he worked for, but um, that was my first experience was with hip hop. I remember I took it um, uh, with 
someone I knew from middle school into high school, we ended up, that was our dance journey together too, I think, um, because he does dance now as like, a, he as an aspiring like professional dancer too, but we had taken hip hop dance together uh-huh. in middle school. Um, and it was just like a little free after school program and we learned hip hop, like the full thing, like the A step, you know, the breaking and all that stuff. And I remember like, that was my introduction and which was perfect because I was moving on to high school and my high school had a, a dance program. I could do dance instead of PE. And 100%, <laughs> I was not, right. Like, forget that. You're telling me I don't have to run a mile every week. So like I can do the cardio and dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I literally, I had was like, oh, I'm gonna do dance. And luckily enough, that gave me a different outlet because my dance teacher, Miss Marshall, she did contemporary she did jazz her, her focus was more jazz so like when I knew my positions um it was more jazz based like I was more in parallel versus turned out and things like that I mean I didn't know because I hadn't taken ballet until college fun fact um but I jazz contemporary um and hip-hop as well so those like I, those were like my three kind of like fall base like my focuses um and then in college well, so high school, I fell off of it because um, I ended up moving. This is such, such a long story. High school, I ended up falling out of it. I ended up moving far away. And so um, I, I ended up being in the um, the intermediate um, dance class. I moved into, they call, they call it Stage Life Dance Company. And I did it for a year, but it became a struggle because um, I was not living close to where I went to school anymore. We commuted a lot. So staying after school for stuff wasn't, it was very hard. And that became a weird tension of, well, you're not at practice. Why are you still, it was just a whole thing. You know, high school's weird. And so um, I just decided I was like, cause my mom's like, oh yeah, I can't, I can't have you after school. And then my dance teacher's like, well, you're not coming to practice. And I was just like, I know yeah. you kept me cause I wasn't here for summer. Cause we had summer practice we were required to do. And I, did, I didn't, wasn't there for that. And she kept me on the roster. I was like, I'm just gonna take myself out because I just don't see how this is gonna work. <laughs> um, I was like, it's a, it was an added form of stress. And so, but high school, not high school, college, I was like, I know I still love dance. Yeah. And so I slowly integrated myself into it. I didn't major in it um, and I didn't even automatically minor in it, but I slowly, you know, got back into it. Fun fact, I auditioned for Muir Musical my first year. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when they did uh, Spring Awakening, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you, you did audition or you didn't? You didn't. I did. No. Okay. So here's the thing. I think I mixed it up. Jesus Christ Superstar is what I didn't audition for my second oh. year. I ended up being a PA. I think I said the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh. I just, Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm sorry. I was a PA for Jesus Christ Superstar. That's when I first met Martha. Not uh, Spring Awakening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks, yeah thanks. I was, I skipped, I was skipping. Spring Awakening, I auditioned for. What? I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get it. That's okay. They were because they were like, I auditioned as a <laughs> yeah, I auditioned as a dancer, and I remember I think I did well enough. But they were looking, but they were like, "Do you sing?" I remember she asked me the director. She was like, "Do you sing as well?" And I was like, "No, I don't sing." <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, thank you." And I never got the, I never got it. Um, uh, and then I just, then I just, um, I didn't audition for Produce Sky Superstar, um because I had like, I had already said I was going to do something the day of the audition. And 
so I made a commitment and I was like being like the loyal person. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it, you know, but I definitely could have, I feel like she, she totally would have understood that, that that's just, that was just me. Um, and then I ended up deciding fiber. to take dance classes. Oh, what did you say? It's your moral fiber. You're very like, I feel like you really stick to your word and to your goals. Anyway, you're just saying that I had a commitment. With I, I do. That's Kevana right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My consideration is a, a level like no other. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I ended up taking like classes at school, um, slowly integrating myself, like a little intro class here. I was like, okay, let me try a little intro class there. And I was like, wait, actually, I want to minor in this. Um, and I even took for my, one of my electives for college, because, you know, Mir, we had like, I always thought we had really cool electives. So I could take theater. And so I even took theater. Like, I know where my passions lie, but it was just like finding that, mm-hmm. that jump to finally do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've talked about this before in the podcast, but I still go for my major. I still respect like my major. And eventually I do want to connect those dots in the future. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I'm young now. So I was like, I'm going to pursue my dance path now. And um, wherever that goes, then that can lead to me connecting those dots, like creative arts therapy and things like that, connecting that, you know, neuroscience-based work to artwork. So, I feel like that is- at Now least- I'm here. Yes. I feel like I, I do agree with you. I feel like we're kind of cut from the same cloth and, you know, that we're like- sciencey but you know artistic and I feel at least for me that is the dream you know to be able to have you know a practice or um you know an, a, like a doctor's office or something wherever I work and to be able to integrate and really especially because I want to work with kids right to really you know mm-hmm. nurture and foster like their artistic side either by like having artwork in the waiting room or you know being able to host classes like dance therapy things like that yeah being able to you know merge your your passions in that way and your interests is, is kind of at least for me you know the dream and the end game so um yeah I'd be able to hear you say that too maybe I'll bring you on as like yeah <laughs> I was like pull me in coach yeah um I think that's really cool I, I also just because I don't I did research on that in college for one of my research papers um so I was like super like I already knew like that was the thing because I was when I took that class my junior year um it was like I don't know if you ever I don't think you ever took it but I feel like we, I remember us talking about it um like psych 199 it was a specific yes, research course you take for the whole entire year yes, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah and that's what I did it on uh, I did my main paper on creative arts therapy specifically with Alzheimer's because I want to work with patients with like cognitive decline um diseases um but yeah like I just think that's really cool I think arts gets doesn't get enough recognition as it should I mean we're seeing that now with like you know the writer strike and that the the actor strikes and things like that they're not appreciated as much um and I definitely see more happening in the future where changes should be happening um but you know it's it's valuable and I think um it should be used in those those platforms properly um Yeah. And even you just talking about, you know, the writer strike, the actor strike, things like that. I think at least that for me, that really makes me think about how dance and art in general is is one of the most accessible things, like in terms of like anybody, you know, who has a passion like you were saying, like, 
if you think you have that interest, you can pursue it. But I think what becomes like inaccessible is just how easily people can be exploited, you know, like in the field, right? You know, as soon as you start working as a dancer, you don't have necessarily like the same stability or like as an actor or as a writer, it's like, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck or it's like a gig economy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all these artists, you know, asking for stability, you know, and they deserve that, right? So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, making sure that, you know, the systems that we're creating and stuff are, are really able to support people like throughout their life. And it's not just, oh, I danced on this tour. And now I'm like wondering if I, if I can make the bills in a year, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I was just thinking about that because it's artists, you need it. <laughs> and if it's, you need to make it sustainable for people to do. So, yeah. Yeah. That's been the struggle. And I'll even talk about that too, in regards to challenges and just like, because it's a gig economy, what does that look like in pursuing that career? Because um, it, it does end up being a little bit of a struggle. Um, but I do want to ask before I go into it a bit, um, were there any um, like experiences that influenced your passion for dance? Because I'm seeing like you have, I feel like you've covered so many different um, styles. Like what keeps you going for like that passion or or is that natural or is there something always coming up where you're like "Ooh, I'm inspired by this and you just kind of hop back in or hop into a different style (laughs) um yes I guess there's like a little bit of an, an all of the above um and I will say that I think the journey as a dancer at least my journey as a dancer so much of it is like figuring out what it looks like and making sure it or or you know, feeling like I am still a dancer and then figuring out what that can look like in my life. Right. Cause when I, when, when I was young, it was like, oh, I took classes and I, you know, choreographed some things for like my winter recital, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and then in college it was like, oh, I can dance, you know, in, in with your musical and I can direct and I can choreograph and all these things. And then I think, and then now, you know, I think with the pandemic, especially like what that looked like was really different for a lot of people. Um, it was like, oh, can I take these classes online? Can I train in my living room? Do I have the motivation to do that? You know? And so I think in terms of, you know, finding inspiration, I think at least usually for me, like the first step in being able to allow myself to be inspired is to just keep reminding myself, like I am a dancer. Like I do like, like I, even if I'm not necessarily like producing something or I'm not sharing something, like I'm still a dancer and I still can be inspired and like be open to, you know, seeing somebody's work and, you know, wanting to launch off that or like hearing a song and like, you know, starting to groove a little bit and being like, well, I'm going to make a dance, you know? And so I think it's, I think so much of it is like getting past like the mental, at least for me, the mental block of like, am I, am I still a dancer? Like, is you know, and so, um, but I think also in terms of, I hope I'm answering your question. I think also in terms of inspiration, right? Like, I think it's, you know, there's like times of intentionality where you're like, I'm going to train, I'm going to go to classes, even if I'm not necessarily feeling it. Um, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go to classes. Um, I'm going to try and like work on this skill. Um, you know, I'm going to get to know the dance community here, et cetera. And then I think also for me, there's been times where it's about taking the pressure off of training. And I think that our journeys are going to be different, right? Because um, I'm not pursuing it currently professionally, but also like taking yeah. 
being like, how do I add the enjoyment back into this? You know, is it about training or is it about, you know, allowing myself to just be in a learning posture, to be in an exploratory posture, you know, where I'm just trying to figure out something mm. that looks good, right? Like my, I think we had the same dance teacher in college, um, Anne, and one of the- uh, Why did I know you were going to say Anne? That is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like the, the biggest thing I took away from her classes was she was always talking about like seeking pleasure, right? Like where in this mm. dance can you find pleasure? Where can you find like what feels like good, natural, supportive, like, you know, all these things. And I, I feel like sometimes mm. I can go back to that because sometimes I'm like pushing myself. I'm like, oh, why can't I finish choreographing this? Like, why do I have a block or whatever? I'm like, and then I have to ask myself, well, well what feels good? Like, you know, and sometimes like move in that direction. So. Wow. You just gave me like a life reminder I needed. <laughs> Cause that's so true. Um, I, uh, as you know, I struggle so bad with like, cause you know, a big part of like um, trying to be a professional dancer is like, you need to post on social media. You need to share your work. And people see, I try, but yeah. man, do I fall short. Um, no. Yeah, I, I really I do. Love, and it's okay. I really do. It's, I mean, I think like, it's less, it's also not just always about frequency, right? Like also it's about quality and your quality is high up here. 10 out, 12 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you. Unfortunately though, I have to disagree though, Martha. I really do think uh, the unfortunate part is that it is about quantity as well. Um, yeah, so I do kind of hate that but that's just the way like the media world works right now. Um, yeah. But it's okay because we're going to talk about what individuality means also um, as a dancer, but yeah, I struggle bad, but it's because like the amount of pieces that stay in my head <laughs> and don't <laughs> like come to fruition, yeah. things I've started that have not been finished because I got stuck. Or I didn't like the way something looked and man, like, especially being a dance teacher. Um, what I loved about being a dance teacher though is like, girl, you got a, you got a deadline. Yes. You got a choice <laughs> but to get this choreography done, whether you like it or not, it's yeah. gotta go on stage. So, uh -huh. or they gotta learn it and you gotta give them enough time to learn it so it can go on stage. So yes. um, that kind of forced me into a really cool creative box that I did appreciate being a dance teacher versus like a science teacher. Um, I got to explore my dance on a different like level um but then like when it comes to creating choreography for myself or um that's more applicable to like you know the adult world of things I get stuck <laughs> because I I allow myself to get stuck more so so I, I like that you you said like where where did you're right and and was all about like fluidity and like just go with the flow Do what and, you, um, yeah. so yeah. right and so that's so true though because like yeah, that happens in contemporary classes still, but she was on a whole other level. Like, yeah. I, she really was. I really so. was. I, I, I didn't always follow, but I will say there are like, yeah, <laughs> there are, there are those, you know, those, I guess, platitudes that I feel like I did come away with that I, I think do help mm. take the pressure off. Right. Cause I, as soon as you were like, oh, the amount of dances that stay in my head, I was like, preach <laughs> it's it's I think it's like also I don't know about you but like and let me know if this like derails like a conversation or anything but for the creative process mm -hmm. like when I'm choreographing in my head sometimes like mm -hmm. I, I have to imagine 
another person doing it like or else uh, myself doing it I'm like oh like I'll start criticizing myself in my own head like it, it let's say like I imagine myself in a studio right like you know mm-hmm. I'm like in my car or something and I'm, I'm starting to choreograph a dance if I and, I, and I'm like I'm put I put myself in this like mind space dance studio and I start dancing and I like I'm trying to basically like simulate what the movement looks like or something like that if I simulate myself sometimes I get two in my own head I have to simulate somebody else I have simulated you before I hope that's like not weird but <laughs> I've imagined you doing a dance before to try no, and elicit more I guess like less judgment mm-hmm. and more ability to just like keep it going and you know stay that's so interesting no I've never I'm it's not weird by the way I don't think it's weird but I was like I've never thought of it like that because but that makes sense so I think maybe I wonder if like you're coming at it more of a choreography like lens because because you've done like choreography and you've been a choreographer for like like I I consider that to be a big production because I always sit and wonder like how did she do a whole musical because I do little concerts um but I wonder if that's why though because I I truly didn't even think about that because even when I choreograph for, um, you know, the small ones, I've never even thought of like, what does that look like for them? I just always think of like simple form. Um, I've never like imagined them doing it, if that makes sense, which now I'm like, well, now that kind of makes sense. Cause you know, I just like kind of like think of it and I'm, then I'm like, I'm going to see how, what it looks like <laughs> for them. <laughs> so you're ahead of the game. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think there's any like wrong process on it and and also mm-hmm. I want to just say that like your recitals and things like that they're not trivial they're also very difficult and they're full large-scale productions so I don't 100%. want you to minimize them at all because oh yes no definitely not minimizing because they definitely are a lot um but I I think to make it like a little bit more clear I think of like what a musical specifically especially like now that I watch more musicals now that I live in the city I always think from a choreographer lens because I'm like where do you even start to process like the connections to the story Mm -hmm. um I don't have to worry about transitions and stuff as much Mm because we're just going piece to piece so Mm -hmm. then like what do those transitions look like in and out of scenes what do those uh, movements look like and I just like always get like kind of shook things are on a more higher scale like I think right now I'm thinking of Sweeney Todd Mm. fun like you would have like I think people don't know until they like see it or if they if anyone saw the Tony performance like me when I was watching Sweeney Todd effort when I first like came into the theater I got it on the lottery because I I can't afford those regular tickets but yeah shout out to the lottery um I wasn't thinking like oh this choreography is about to eat like I really wasn't going I was like Sweeney Todd he's a barber like it's a it's gory but the minute that performance started, and you could see the performance on the Tonys, um, the first opener, it's like, ooh, like they really thought about like mm-hmm. each movement. No, it's not technical, um, mm-hmm. which is why I think there was a battle in between like Some Like It Hot and like Sweeney Todd. I feel like those are the top two for me, but Some Like It Hot was more like technical, mm-hmm. like high end. They got the tap, they got the like the, the mm-hmm. normal I idea guess of what. Normal yeah exactly of what musical dance looks like but um like it was just like ooh, they were like really thinking of everything like the musicality Ooh, I love a good like 
shake shake me up in the musicality because they, they were like little things that they were thinking about there's a scene where like they're in the men they're at the mental institution and everyone's running around and it's chaotic but they're dancing still yeah. and it's like where did you how did you even start that yes. so I just think about the complexity yes 100 actually fun fact that's like one of my favorite kinds of dance is like pedestrian dance I guess or like mm-hmm. sometimes they don't even call it I think like gestures exactly or like yeah I think just like sometimes they don't even call it dance they'll just be like movement or like form you know because yeah yeah and I think that's like when you I mean it's obviously very abstract but like I think it's one of my favorite types because I think a lot of people who are just starting out in dance or just starting out in movement or whatever it is like get very Mm -hmm. intimidated by like saying like oh I dance or like I'm a dancer you know mm-hmm. like that and but really like when you think about it like we are all like living in our bodies in a different way like we're all navigating you know yeah. basically like how we move through the world like physically emotionally whatever and I think like you also you start to get into things of dance of like you don't even me- need music you know like all this stuff but I think mm-hmm. it's like whatever I whenever I tell people whether it's like at the club or even like in my salsa socials or even when I was like teaching right like for yeah I'm always like everybody is a dancer right like everybody has it within themselves like the capacity to dance because they like exist and maybe that's like too like hippy dippy or something but I I truly do believe that and and so when you take a piece that's like clearly choreographed right and it's not Mm -hmm. like dance as you think of like the typical shtick of like musician mover like but you create like this really like accessible piece where you're like oh that's very like intentional that's very strategic that's very fluid that's like that's that's just movement and then and then you say I don't know like I could do that like that just I I think that's it really makes me very excited <laughs> so yeah that you brought up sweetie Todd. <laughs> yeah I I agree I think it it definitely seems in those times of like confidence questioning, um, it definitely makes it seem attainable. Cause I feel like sometimes um, there are people who have trained since like they were three and have been competing and been doing all these jumps and turns and flips and tricks since they were 10. And it's like, you know, for me, I think um, we're, we're gonna start transitioning into challenges. That was one of my challenges starting so late, mm. quote unquote, Literally. but late. Like it late in the world of dance, um, but once again, I think the biggest person who's shown us that it, there's no time frame is like Misty Copeland. Like you start when you want, you know, start when you can. Like you know, not it's not a hundred percent accessible in certain ways. In other ways, people find it um, in free forms, and um, yeah, I think that was yeah. Once again, though, I think that was the thing of just like it being a little bit more attainable, seeing it in um ways that's not all about the flips and tricks and <laughs> all those things yeah and I think I no, I agree it's like it's it's kind of wild like especially in like a really competitive fields you know like ice skating mm-hmm. gymnastics things it's like oh I started when I was 12 I started when I was 13 like oh that's late you know when you tell like an I don't know like somebody at your office right you're like oh I've been dancing mm-hmm. since 12 and you're like oh my gosh that's so long you're like okay but 
I know like in my head, that's actually still a long time, but you're, you are around a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I started, I started dancing like as soon as I could walk and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And so, no, I agree with you. Like, I think that that can be challenging just like mentally too, you know, to say like, oh, am I, do I have like, um, like, am I already kind of like not good enough or something just because I didn't start, you know? Yeah. Early. I think it's just expelling that. And I think Misty mm-hmm. Copeland's a great example of that. And I agree. And I would go back to like my previous thing to say like that dance and sports and things like that should be accessible. But I think the reality is that sometimes they're not right. Cause classes are expensive. Like even in the adult world, right? Like classes. Yeah. Are- $25. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could not imagine because they're 20 here in Atlanta and I'm like, Oh my gosh. But no, I think like, you know, the, in theory, right. Like the, the purest form of dance, like, right. Should be accessible. It's just you in your room with some music, yeah. no music, depending, you know, and, but I think, yeah, once you start getting into training, it does become, you know, very, it can be very difficult to find. And so I, I yeah. really have the commitment to be able to be like, I'm going to work a full-time job and I'm going to dance and do classes and, you know, do auditions. Yeah. So, literally. Well, let me tell you, let's move into that thing. Cause I'll <laughs> tell you my journey. So here's my challenges. I'm going to talk about challenges because um, dancers do face a lot of challenges we kind of like talked about some of them and I'll I want I'll talk about them on my end too of like physical limitations um self-doubt um in regards to like also like injuries um accessibility and things like that for me my biggest thing was am I a dancer that was the first one in my early journey because my journey was so off and on um because I told you I took I there was like one learning how to dance um from middle school into high school because the jazz and contemporary all that was new to me in high school so I learned that stuff fresh off um mm-hmm. and then taking that pause into college so I did do a dance pause slowly getting back into it again after like two years um and then finding new things and learning new things in the college lens um so that was a lot of, am I a dancer? I had a lot of times where I, like, I was like, oh, I dance. <laughs> I didn't say, oh, I'm a dancer, you know? Um, and so that was one struggle. Um, and then eventually come to the terms, like I'm deciding to do this. I am a dancer and I'm deciding to create my path. Um, mm-hmm. My current challenge is, I feel like that because of that, that's always just like a thing in the back of my head for one. Um, but my current challenge is that in regards to how I need to have a roof over my head I need to be able to feed myself but I need to have the energy also in order to take these dance classes I need to make sure I have the money to be able to take these dance classes because New York is not cheap but I I jumped and I took those chances and I'm proud of myself in that sense um but man is it expensive and I I I wouldn't I didn't consider those things I was like I'm gonna move there I'm gonna have this job and I'm gonna be, I have accessibility because where I live, there were no adult dance classes. Um, there wasn't even Zumba, you know, like I had to go far to go be able to do those things. And so I love that idea that I have this accessibility, um, but it's once again about the money and um, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the time, yes. because I do do full-time. Luckily enough, I'm a teacher, so I've got summer break, but in the sense too, it's like those summer programs, I was lucky enough to, have saved a lot in college that allowed me to move out here and be able to afford that move 
Um, so shout out to me. I was not spending money like that. I was, I was a minimalist at heart and I, I, <laughs> that came through. Um, and then I was also able to pay for a summer program last year. I just kind of jumped it and, you know, I said, I'm going to do it. So I did pay for a summer and it's great. It was a great thing. And I wish I could have done it this year, but that was just not in my budget. And I, I think there needs to be more forms of accessibility um, for people who can't always take those classes. Cause I see people, I mean, I love that for them, but it's not the case for everybody else where they're like, I'm doing a professional semester mm -hmm. and I'm taking the summer program at steps. Steps mm -hmm. program is not the same as BDC. So I can also take the summer program at BDC. And then I take all these classes every week. And it's like, I love that you can do that. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, you know, they have, you know, maybe they have roommates and they're working a job and they're focused on dance and they can do that. I love that for them. Sometimes it is their family supporting and I love that for them as well, but it doesn't necessarily look the same for everybody. Um, and you just, it just means that you have to learn to find your way, you know? Um, yeah. For me, I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, CLI studio, we talked about this, <laughs> our struggle. We sure remember. <laughs> yeah, I have the access, right? Like YouTube's also a thing. Um, mm -hmm. But once again, like being able to freely move in a, in a dance room versus like how do you move in your apartment and stuff like that yeah. is okay. uh, also struggle. I feel like even just like a passing comment, like, you know, from your instructor, right? It makes a difference to, you know, have them say like, oh, actually keep your chest up here or make sure you're like sinking into the floor here, you know, like those kinds of things mm -hmm. do change, I think, the nature of, of, of the dance and the movement. And so I agree yeah. that I love dancing in my living room. I think that there's a time and place for that. And then there's also, you know, to be mm -hmm. able to meet other people too, like in person at some point. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's another thing too is like sometimes I could be um unintentionally like being late not lazy but more lax in my body and mm -hmm. maybe like when I'm like because I realized when I take a class and they're like oh be careful with your posture and it's like I didn't even realize I kind of low-key I think they call it hyperextension I kind of like low-key like you know curve my back a little bit and it's like oh like I learned that in dance you know um in my 20s might I add but like you know those are things that uh, that happen in class that are necessary so I think sometimes also too I kind of get like ooh, I don't want to like be practicing so heavily at home that I that I end up having to unlearn something um you know that I I ended up dropping the bag on you know at home but that's one thing, but I would say self-doubt is the biggest thing. Um, I talk about that though, so I didn't, um, in, in another episode um, of like, like a crisis of confidence, but that's just, I feel like that's just a struggle of like pursuing any form of art Yeah, because you're, it's such a vulnerable um, like career choice. Yeah. yeah. So that think, leaves room for a lot of, a lot of self-doubt. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think also right, we, we touched on this before, but like comparing yourself to other people, right, who, you know, I mean, it's amazing that some people are able to train, you know, like eight hours a day or, or mm -hmm. go to, go to, you know, a bunch of classes and things like that. But like, I think mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult when you do get into the mindset of like, oh my gosh, they've been dancing since they were three, they like take, you know, 10 classes a week, and I only take two, like, how am I ever going to get into that? So I think it is just reminding yeah. so much of reminding yourself, like you were saying, like that everyone has their own journey, right? And it's about figuring out 
what works for you and and how you can get to the places that you want and need to be, but like in your own time and in your own, you know, in your own way. So, yeah. which I feel like you are carving that out. I just want to affirm you and like externalize that you are doing great, like high key. And yeah, thank you. it is, and it can be discouraging, but I, and I think obviously like art and literally bearing your soul right through for people to witness is going to be also inherently vulnerable, but I think like you're taking it in stride and you're like doing it so beautifully. So. Yeah. Thank you. I think I am in the process, like me a few years ago would have still been struggling, but like, I think I figured out, which I'm grateful for to say, because like, that means I'm learning, like, look at that. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Like, of course, like your brain's going to do, you know, be like, oh, look at what's happening here. You know, those intrusive thoughts are like, oh, now I'm in like, but it's like, shut up. Like, we've already figured it out. Like, you know, it is what it is. This has been your life for a minute now. Like you've, you've, if it wasn't supposed to like be the case, you wouldn't be here now in the same room with these same people, you know? So it's like the, these journeys happen for a reason. And um, I think it's just like super important important for me like to reflect on that it's like you're doing it right you're here right so like you know zip the lip on the side and you know keep it pushing and I do um uh, that's why I love also taking classes too because I love like that like validation sometimes because you know at the end of the day you do kind of need it here and there no matter who you are um so it's just kind of nice to be like take a class and they're like oh okay and I'm like oh really thanks <laughs> you know or just to feel like I killed a piece of choreography because who what speaking of challenges one of my biggest struggles is getting choreography on the dot like that I am on the auditions are my worst nightmare because of that because I do not retain choreography fast like give me a few rehearsals and I got you but yeah. me you, you throw 15 minutes 30 minutes of choreo at me and you want me to perform it, I struggle bad. Yeah. Like it's my like, brain runs too fast. It's so it bad. It's a whole other muscle that you're flexing, right? To try mm -hmm. and, you know, A, learn something that quickly and B, translate it into your own body and then C, style on top of it, right? Yes. Yeah, and I think that is just something that's, I I, I agree with you and, and it's something that I struggle with too. Um, It's like just, it's something that you have to keep really fresh. And I think it does that, that element of it definitely does require a lot of training. And I think that is like mm -hmm. probably a big reason that I would continue that I would go to classes too, because I think also the energy of a class, at least mm -hmm. for me personally helps me retain choreography. Cause at least like when I'm in like a room with other people who are also, you know, being able to see like their process externalize and I guess like to retain choreography in their body, it helps inspire mine, right? Yeah. So I see that you're marking it in this way, or I see that like, oh, maybe try connecting these two pieces as you practice or something. And, and I think it, I don't know, I think like that kind of energy, like elicits maybe more, I don't know, sharpness or something, but mm -hmm. Um, I think that's like another reason that classes are somewhat ir irreplaceable sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I I agree. It's like, it's a, not just learning from the, the, the teacher in the room, but learning from other people. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to ask though, like what challenges or like setbacks have you faced like as a dancer? Um, maybe ones that we haven't talked about. I know you kind of said some, but yeah, what, what, what have you come through? So 
I think like the challenges when I was younger were probably, I guess just say like a lot more like social, if that makes sense. Like I think the dance studio environment, like as supportive and as uplifting and as, you know, learning based as it can be, I think it can also be clicky, you know, like any other space. And so, um, (laughs) so when I was moving around a lot and, you know, trying to find different studios and different ways to dance and kind of seeing that a lot of like these friend groups had already formed or like, you know, even that there were like favorites in the studio, right? Like it's, it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, trying to basically like navigate that also with your you know you're literally like a teenager right so everything is so traumatic and you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. but I so I, I would say that that when I think of challenges I think in those in the teen years that was probably one just feeling comfortable in a studio feeling comfortable enough to like learn and work on my technique without you know kind of comparing myself in that way and then I think um when I got to college you know dancing with my musical and choreo- choreographing and I think it was my I think during Hairspray, when we were choreographing that, I want to say I was dancing like 20, 30, 30 hours a week. Um, mm-hmm. I think at the time, obviously for, for a professional dancer, that's, you know, for actually more, I think like more like 30, 40-ish because I was also taking dance classes as a dance minor. And mm-hmm. my body, like sustainability, I cannot stress it enough that like this body is here for the life, not just for the five years that you're pushing really hard, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I learned that lesson really hard just because I think in one semester, like I, or quarter, like I sprained my ankle and then like pulled my back and oh. got like a, a, a whooping cough for like two months because I wasn't resting, you know, and things yeah. like that. Kind of getting that, you know, that wake up call that's like, you have to take care of your body like it's not just there for you to kind of like use and exhaust into like yes it's your outlet for creative expression but also you gotta you have to respect it and I think I learned that lesson the hard way um and I would probably say that that's you know something that if I could like impart any sort of wisdom or advice to like a dance like a young dancer in particular you know who kind of you know treats their body like just pops into the splits you know like you know kind of I guess like takes it for granted, right? Like, I guess just like making sure you're honoring your body, you know, and Mm -hmm. that you're, you're allowing it to, you're listening to what it tells you (laughs) is basically what it is before it becomes an emergency. Yes. Um, So I would say that that was probably like a bigger struggle in like the Mm -hmm. college years, just like pushing really hard. Um, And then I think like post-grad, it was, um, you know, finding the motivation, especially during COVID and not taking classes, we were talking about that class environment and how like it really fuels you both in terms of like learning and also just the energy of the room, right? Like we're all here to practice the same art and there's something like really inspiring about that. So I think to have that taken away, you know, and to be, you know, in your living room or in your bedroom, you know, like by yourself. And I think there's also a positive with that. You're like, oh my gosh, like so much freedom expression to like kind of explore, try things that maybe you wouldn't want to try in the studio you know, there's like, a, it's a double-sided coin. So, yeah. but I think in that, like finding the motivation to train, finding the motivation to, you know, even like also to allow yourself to be creative because it's really just you in your room and you could be like very self-critical. Um, and I will say one of the things that really got me out of my shell and out of like my dance rut, I guess I would call it, is mm-hmm. you did like a dance a day challenge or something. Oh, yeah. Like without <laughs> judgment, just choreograph 20 seconds 
and just post it as is. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And I found that really freeing. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes I go back to that. Like, I'll, I'll be like, maybe I should, if I'm like in a dance, like I have choreographer's block or something, I'll be mm-hmm. like, hmm, what's a quick prompt that I could just start, you know, like something that Kevana would, you know, would come up with. And then it would be like yeah. 20 seconds. And then sometimes 20 seconds easily becomes like a minute, you know, and all of a sudden that you've gotten to your goal. And I think it's just about like reframing how you got there. Um, and so I would say that that was definitely a challenge, but, and then also, you know, coming out of the pandemic, feeling safe to go back to classes and also feeling like, oh my gosh, like, am I ready to go back to classes? Like, has everybody been like training and like doing all these things? Like, and I'm, you know, you know, going to flail, but I think it's, yeah. you know, I, I did eventually, I started picking up salsa and bachata in the last year and I actually went to a salsa social last night. So excuse me if I'm yawning, um, <laughs> they didn't go till like two in the morning and I was like, and they're still going and it's always, oh, wow. like, I know it's, it's a great environment, but you know, finding, I would say allowing myself the freedom to explore a new, a new form of dance, you know, as an older person now, I say older person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not like, oh my gosh, I have dance class, you know, with, you know, for my, you know, on my class schedule, you know, in college, it's not the same. So, you know, really blocking all that time to make sure you're like, oh, I'm going to class tonight. You know, I'm going to try and work on this thing, you know? So I think like getting back in the swing of it was also a challenge, but now that I'm back in it, I love it. And I'm, and I'm so happy I am because I've tried to have a dance fundraiser again last year and I got really sick and speaking of taking care of your body and Mm -hmm. and I was like really scared to do another one um but like getting back into classes even in a different style of dance like has kind of like pushed me inspired me to be able to say like oh I can do another one so I'm like hosting another one in August um but um like but it I think just if I were to sum that up that very long-winded thing like taking care of your body and making sure that you are like really leaving space for yourself to grow, right? Without mm-hmm. judgment and without like all the self-criticism. And I think it really does allow you to thrive and, you know, grow as a dancer and as, and as an artist. Yeah, that's cool. I like that you said that um, all the things, um, this episode will be posted later, but I do want to do a little recording snippet so I can help share it um, for August. Uh, and I want to hear about it. But I did want to, that, that COVID pause is like, that, that was super critical in the dance world. And I'm glad that you mentioned that um, and what that journey looked like. Cause um, I, as I said, I didn't have ex- like dance classes where I went back, when I went back home after graduating, there were no dance classes. Like I was doing everything, CLI, I, that was the most I had taken CLI classes. Um, and then eventually I did fall off But 2020, like right after, cause I was at the peak of dance when COVID hit. Like I was at my most well in shape. I was, I was ready. I was at my best and I was like very determined not to lose it. I had create, that's when I created those challenges. Um, I was taking CLI classes, CLI, that was when CLI had just started to. Um, so they were doing like free classes sometimes and stuff. And I was like really trying to be on it. Um, and so it was interesting to like slowly fall off because of a lot of the things that you said, like, well, where, where do I stand compared to others? Where do I like, oh, like, has everyone else been keeping up? Have I not been keeping up? But also just like the struggles of like life coming up and COVID was happening. So outside of just like being a dancer, but just the general struggles of what was happening in people's lives. And um, 
you know yeah so you know sometimes life gets in the way of certain things and that's okay but just like finding your way back is another journey in itself and that journey looks different um I did want to talk about individuality and like the importance of that as a dancer um you've done so many styles and like you're inspiring me to like start stepping in the um other styles that I never even thought of because I've stepped into some new ones, but there's some I had never even thought to reach. But how do you express your unique style in your voice, in your dance performances, no matter which which um, dance style you're doing? How do I express? Hmm. I, I think it's just about like allowing myself to groove and I guess like follow what feels, going back to seeking pleasure, like following what feels good, <laughs> right? Like, and that's going to look di- like different from everyone. And I think like, I was just talking to somebody about what, what is the quote? It's like good artists copy, but great artists steal. And it's like the idea mm. that like as artists, right. We're constantly being inspired by, you know, different things and, and making them our own to the point where you can't even hopefully like well, not always, and hopefully you're giving credit where credit is due, but like, you can't always even tell, you know, like where the original seed came from. So it's like, so let's say like, I'm inspired by, you know, Sweeney Todd, for example. And that like elicits me to create a dance. Like basically it's like, I took from, you know, the idea or the essence or whatever of Sweeney Todd that inspired me, but then I made it my own. And it's like, Mm -hmm. people wouldn't even be able to tell where the original thing came from. And so I think, at least for me, like dance and expressing my own style is a level of allowing myself to be inspired by other things and then put my, like, sprinkle some Martha on it, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and I think also, like, it's a lot of, like, just experimentation, too, because it's, like, figuring out, well, oh, this is my style maybe 10 years ago, right? Like, I really, like, leaned into the to the fluidity and to the elongation but now like I think now that I'm older maybe I'm I'm a little bit more like in the ground or like I really like to like a signature thing that I like to do is like kind of pop out my hips or you know contract my chest you know which maybe wasn't something that happened 10 years ago so I think like also kind of allowing like my style to evolve right with like different things that I see different things that I learned but also like what feels good to me at the time too so yeah what about for you I like that. Um, I will say one thing before I um, start mine. You do have like a Martha style. I don't know how to explain it. Like the minute you said, like, I kind of like move my hips a little bit more or like pop my shit. I was like, yeah, that, yeah. Like you have a style that you, like you could be doing a certain movement, but it's, it's got, like you said, a little Martha sprinkle to it. I don't know how I'd explain that one. Yeah. Um, I I think it's just like, I think also like I like to smile or something like that so it becomes like a little bit sassy or something you know not always obviously but like when I think of a Martha style like me throwing it back in the club or something like that it's like like spunky I think spunk I think of like spunky um like always energetic like Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain that though because energetic is kind of like a very like regular regular word but it's like because it's like it's very specific to you. It's like a you energy. I don't know how to explain that. I'm not doing well, but yeah, no, I no, get I, what you said by that. I feel the same way when I see you dance. Cause I'm like, that's Kivana. Like that's 100%. And I feel like it's like, 
you always look very, at least when I like, and one of the things that I've tried to emulate too is like very relaxed and very like easeful, which I feel like for me, like with this energy, right? Like it sometimes can look like a lot, you know, like, or, <laughs> like when I watch you dance, it's like, it, this, it's like this really beautiful, like you make it look so smooth and easy and like you're comfortable and like it's like inviting if that makes sense it and maybe I'm not explaining it very well either but it's just it's it is also I think it's clear that you have a style too first off I got shook because I was like what because I make it look easy because I'd be stressed but at the same time I can understand and I've I've theorized that as well that's why I think um at certain styles I um succeed a little bit more and I think that's where my later learning comes to help me a bit because um I do have a I do notice that I have a little bit more of relaxation mm-hmm. um into movements because I wasn't like first position second position like I was that I'm late to all of that so mm-hmm. that those don't come as easy to me I took a mo- I auditioned for a modern company and I was like oh. <laughs> like I know I know where I yeah I, I like hip-hop was my first and I think that's where I kind of you know pop out a little bit more but once again going back to fluidity a bit I've learned there are certain fluidities that I struggle a bit more in. so it's a weird balance I'm definitely yeah. more of a jazz funk girl yes oh gosh, you, I love that. yeah you pull me into like a real intense bop 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 five six seven eight hip-hop I'm probably going to fumble the bag a little bit but um yeah I think once again though I think that that is helpful to me learning a little bit later because I'll never forget last year we had like a mock audition when I did the BDC summer program and it was contemporary but it was really like it was really like contemporary jazz kind of Mm -hmm. combination hip-hop it was a blend um and it was because um the choreographer he did it he he worked with um Doja Cat he worked on her Coachella performance with Ebony Williams and he like I don't know if you've ever watched that performance but it's very it has contemporary yes movement to it but it's still that hip-hop kind of like movement and so I found out that even though amongst the struggles when I was like taking like contemporary modern classes throughout that summer program and I was kind of falling um and other people were kind of like maybe um you know had a little bit more easy flow to it in that particular moment I had an easier flow there and they were kind of having to figure out where they had to like loosen a little bit more and I still mm-hmm. noticed that though you're a ballet dancer like you can see that in people's bodies yes. um yes. and um it, that's why I think it's so interesting once again like people's journeys you can see it you know in their in their movement and in their dance and like going their- back yes yeah exactly and I think once again going back to individuality the individuality um that's why I think it's so important for me I tie into that I think I pull into those like flowery movements. I think that's why contemporary, I like vibe with it so much. Um, I love that idea of being able to have fun and reminding myself to have fun with things. I don't like the idea of having to stress out about a certain technical move. Um, I love, I love getting a good pirouette. I love that stuff, but, um, and I love jumps and stuff like that, but if it's something that's there just to be technical and it doesn't have a connect, moment I noticed that I I find choreography more easy when I can connect to it as I feel like that's a normal thing but sometimes it it just seems 
sometimes it could be moves just to be moves and to be shiny. Yeah. Um, when it comes to self-expression, I, that's where I pull in. Like I really try, I've, I've learned over these past, like over this past year, to be honest, of just like reconnecting that emotional tie and having fun. Like Anne said, I didn't, you know, and just like um, really enjoying the process. And that's what I've been even learning this year, even amongst all the podcasts I've had. I've so many, I've had podcasts, um, you know, being a black creative um, with Obene and um, different things. I was just like, oh, reminding ourselves why we do it, reminding ourselves like, this is the joy we have. We do it because we like it. We do it because we love it. Um, yes, there's a training aspect to it, like you said, but like, don't forget, why do you do it? Like, find yeah. your joy in it. So when I'm taking those classes, like finding that joy, I, I think about this was the most recent one I had, but it's been a minute because I did a I did a I did a specific dance class pause as I talked to you about for my trip. Um, I've been doing other stuff, but I haven't been going to like BDC and steps like that. Um, but I took a contemporary class. I'm gonna shout her out, Jacqueline Walsh. Um, I took a, um, she does contemporary, but it ties in again. Like she does her own kind of thing. Like we did contemporary to the Beastie Boys. Like, <laughs> um, yeah and she does her own thing and I love that blend you know like yes it's contemporary but it kind of has a little bit of like jazz funk flavor to it but sometimes a little bit of hip-hop sometimes a little bit more jazz like I've taken her class like twice now which is so funny to say because I wish I could take them more but um I love that blend and then I remind myself to, I had fun with it and yeah. um she had chatted me out and I was like, oh my God, really? But it was because <laughs> it was because I was like, thank you. But I was like, I really was in that moment, like trying to like have fun with it. Like it was a fun song. How can I play off of it? Going back to musical theater, characterization, um, yeah. but just purely just having fun with it. And that yeah. shows up more. And I think that's where I shine. I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that's where I shine. <laughs> um, and <laughs> especially in musical theater which is why I think that's the path I lean towards more in regards to dance because there's so many paths you could take but like ooh, like let me give you character let me have a fun time with it yes. yeah let me bring back this motif from like literally act one and you're gonna see this as my character has grown I I agree I feel like musical theater at least for me like because I think you were even talking about you're like oh I, I can't imagine or like not I can't imagine but like it's different to, you know, build in transitions or to build in character, build in story and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I honestly find that a lot more approachable than like making a dance to make a dance, if that makes sense. And, I see. and sometimes I'll have to create a story in my head, like just mm -hmm. to like start a choreography or anything like that to like mm -hmm. as a launching off point. Um, but also I'm glad that a teacher sh shouted you out because you deserve all the shout outs. Um, <laughs> And I guess you also said something that made me think that I think it's also like, at least a common theme I'm noticing is so much of it is finding balance, right? Finding balance between like the technical aspect and the stylistic aspect, finding balance between, you know, putting your energy into, you know, working, making a living and putting your energy into your art, right? And I think also similarly, like when you're talking about like, you know, just having fun with something, finding the balance between like getting yourself out of your comfort zone, but also being like comfortable and having fun enough that you can discover your style and discover something new. Because even in like, as I've been doing like salsa and bachata more the like the last year or so, um, mm -hmm. 
I realize like when I dance with somebody that I've danced with someone like but, but that I've danced with a lot there's a certain comfort level there that I get to like throw in some new styling that I haven't tried with somebody else because I don't know how they're going to respond right and so yeah. it's like getting out of my comfort zone enough yes to you know to be able to learn and you know maybe have a little bit of pressure to like get that that technique in but also being comfortable enough with somebody and letting myself have fun enough that I'm like doing something that I wouldn't even expect that like sometimes surprises me a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. so I think it's like a balance there as well. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think once again, in regards to the journey of a dancer, journey of life in general, finding that balance is a continuous process, um, especially in today's age. There's so many things um, like that you have to think of. Um, rents higher things cost more you know yeah yeah like we are struggling but then you know once again finding that balance um going back to the artist struggles and stuff so um it's just a process you know um I'm hopeful though and like certain things changing just general like society and um culturally I I'm ex I I hope for change faster um and I hope you know people stop being so greedy and stuff. Um, but in regards to that though, I, I do think that outside of finances and stuff too, um, just general life balances and finding how we work that out. It, it, as I said, it's a journey, but I think it's possible to get close. Yeah. I don't know if there's a perfect answer, um, but it's definitely possible to get close for sure. Um, everyone too. Yeah. And it's, a yeah. And it just takes, it's going to, I feel like there's just, an, there should just be an automatic built-in time. Like, you know, I guess that everybody just accepts like, oh, you know, your early twenties, your mid twenties, whatever is literally just you figuring out what works for you. And I think mm -hmm. that that's super valid. And I agree that I hope culturally, like that's also changing that, you know, there's a little bit more flexibility to be able to grow and to like figure out what works for you. Right. Cause it's not like yeah. you go to college or you graduate from high school or whatever. And then you go into exactly what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Right. Like there's so many like trial and error years. Like, I mean, obviously lifelong, but I think especially during this time that yeah. there's like a lot of grace that needs to be given <laughs> both like emotionally and like economically. 100%. And that's what I, I'm so glad that I'm on that like path um, in a better sense, because asked me right after we graduated mind you we gra like I graduated in COVID um like the the height of it and I'm over here like life isn't happening <laughs> the way it should and I was like girl like life is on pause right now like you know um but even then 2021 I was like nothing's changed yet and I you know I don't know how I'm supposed to like and so now I'm at a place where it's like it's a process like I know younger me thought, oh, we're going we gonna to go to high school, college, bam, right after college, things are going to set. Unfortunately, that is not the way that life rolls out. So, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad that I've gotten that process and I figured out like each year really does get better. And I'm, I'm happy about that. Like, I really like to sit here sometimes and I'm like, girl, you're doing pretty well off. You know, you're considering your age, like be be okay with where you are like it's a journey it's process it's a balance and I feel like you know I'm I'm really gonna like a pro like 2023 is the year of like gratefulness for me and so I really sit here I'm just like yes this might be difficult yes you probably can't stand your job yes there's other things here or there 
yes, you're tired, but look at what the other things that you are able to like manage and balance in between. And so definitely in that journey, um, for sure. I love hearing that. Like, it's very inspiring too, to hear like, you know, every year is better than the next. Like, yes, we're, we're constantly going up. We're on the upward train. (laughs) Yes. That's the goal. I mean, there, there's, to be fair though, there is an up and down of it all. Yes, like for sure for sure general trend is upward though hopefully even if general trend is upward though yeah exactly like I moved to New York after I moved to New York I got real stressed out though but hey I had my own apartment and I was in New York I made that jump you know but I was stressed out from my job for like six months but then you know there's a process and so then after that that was trial and error I figured out what was wasn't working what was working and I made those changes and that that created an upward path you know so it's a process um but before we end I have two wrap-up questions for you um kind of like quick fire I guess rapid fire um one question what is what are two songs that you have choreographed in your head that you have not shared with the world it is so funny. Low by SZA and okay. I Love Her by Paloma Mommy. And it's funny you say that because I was literally trying to do them in the mirror last night. Like after I came back from my social and I was like, wow, these haven't been shared or completed to fruition, but that's okay. And maybe it'll inspire me to finish those today. So. Hey. <laughs> um, and then so I'll share one for me to be to be fair and balanced. Um, one of them for me has been stuck in my head. Like it's the first one I think of, "Gasoline" um, by the Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist team, specifically oh. Alice. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, "Gasoline" is originally by um, Halsey, but mm-hmm. I really love their version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so emotional. It's more emotionally tied. You hear it um, in the story because you know they pull the acting in once again, musical theater um gasoline I started it I, I literally started it at work one day um not one for the kiddos because she literally talks about drugs and stuff but I started it for <laughs> for me because I really like I had time on my hands um and I was like let me let me choreograph this I started it got got caught out of spot where I was stuck and then never I never finished it <laughs> so that's that's one of them Make a pack. I will finish it that will fin- that will both finish by a certain date. Sorry, speaking of deadlines, you're like, what what motivated me to do this? The deadline. So yeah. <laughs> we should <laughs> we should like literally be like by step. I do well with accountability partners. Like oh. I that that is a fun fact. Okay, we'll we'll take so, that. Yeah, um, and then my last question before we head out: um, What advice do you have for aspiring dancers? Mm. Cool. I think first an affirmation that you are a dancer and if you've chosen this life path or however you've chosen to integrate dance, if it's right for you, then it's right. And I think like so much of like being a dancer is trying to find those affirmations. And so I just want to externalize that for you, that you are a dancer and you will continue to be a dancer in whatever form that looks like. Um, And I think in terms of advice, I would say, you know, leave, just leave yourself open to grow and evolve, evolve your style, evolve your technique, 
you know, evolve the way that you, you know, fuse styles together, but just like really allow yourself the room to, to learn and to create new versions of yourself that you love and that you appreciate, um, both in dance, you know, and outside of dance, but for sure, I think giving yourself that space is the, the biggest gift you could give yourself. I agree with everything you said. Um, so I, same, <laughs> literally same. Yeah, I was the same um, yeah I, you said it well um I think that's the start is like you know that's where you start and then you go from there um be you know yeah I couldn't have said it any differently <laughs> so um thank you so much Martha for participating in this episode for joining this episode you know how much I freaking adore you so you know I really do appreciate you yes I Oh, so appreciate being on this podcast, being able to have, to be able to have this conversation with you, especially just to like learn more about you too and your journey. It's so inspiring and, um, remember me when you're famous and I hope we get to dance together in person very soon in the future. Yes. Well, first of all, of course, one thing I, I feel like I said this before, but this is me saying it to you specifically. I am all about pulling my friend those for, especially people I know that are like, um, professional and like, you know, can get the job done in any way. And they're like really good at what they do. And I always like thought like, whenever that time is where I got it, trust and believe I need somebody to dance with me and I can call somebody and I just pull people. They do that anyways, cause it's all about networking. I'd be like, Martha, they oh, yeah, need somebody oh, yeah. for this. Oh, literally, yeah. I, I oh, literally, my you, I got like, sorry, I'm gonna go dance for a few months. Thank you. One hundred percent. I got lists of people I could think of. Like, you're on that list for sure. Um, and yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, listeners, go ahead and um, you know, check out the episode description to see what Martha's doing. Stay up with her. Thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast. Make sure you share and like this podcast. Send it to a friend, a family member, a loved one. Follow me at Kayvana on Instagram to stay updated as well. Are you a dancer? Go ahead and answer that poll question. If so, in the Q&A section, tell us your journey as a dancer. What has that looked like for you from today? Get some sunshine, get some air, have an amazing week. I will see you next week on the Introvert Social Hour. Thanks for joining. Bye.